What's up, folks? David Soto Jr. here, and this is the David Soto Jr. Podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome to episode 22 of the David Soto Jr. Podcast. I am your host, David Soto Jr. Today, I'm kind of in a position where I need to make a recording. Uh, Memorial Day weekend is coming, and I will... Going to, I'm going to be abandoning my van, which means I'm abandoning my podcast recording studio. And I do not like not being in my van or be, having my van with me. I have a lot, well, a lot is silly. I have everything I own in this van. And, ooh, that sniffles, that's not cool. Excuse me. I have everything I own in this van, and so that's convenient. <clears throat> So for me to travel to the mountains with uh, my buddy for a long weekend and go fishing and and and, and <clears throat> all the other things we have planned and not take my van feels kind of weird because I just realized like I got a pair of gloves in here I need to take these gloves with me because what if we cut wood uh, if I draw if I drove my van there I wouldn't have to worry about anything like oh gloves they're here flashlight here fishing gear here I got to pull everything out that I want to take with me, I think, so, I don't know, that's kind of weird, so, I'm recording this in uh, the parking lot of one of, I like this coffee shop, I don't know why, it's kind of very, uh, it's not as cozy as a coffee house, or, you know, but it, it, it's, I don't know, it's called, it's, it's called the roost, and it's attached to, uh, the till, is it called the till, or just till, Till is a pretty good, I think, farm-to-table kitchen uh, restaurant, and then the coffee house is next door to it. Um, I don't know. I like it. I like it because my buddy doesn't really live in Colorado Springs. He lives in a town called Peyton, which is outside of Colorado Springs, and there's nothing out there. And they got a Walmart, and they got a Safeway, but they don't have any nice coffee shops to go to. The only thing they got is a Starbucks in the Safeway. I don't do it. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. So, I like to drive out here to this one. This thing, this place kind of popped up not too long ago. And it's in, I don't have to go all the way into Colorado Springs to go to a coffee shop. I can come out here. So, this is not too bad. Um, so, I'm going through all this to tell you, like, I'm not 100% sure what I want to talk about today. I'm not 100% sure. The idea comes to me is, the idea that comes to me is the importance of an emergency fund. Um, And the reason that I'm thinking that I'm going to talk about the importance of emergency fund, uh, because of what happened to me last week. If If you don't know, I'm an author. I write books. I write articles. I have a book coming out really, really, really soon, and I need to submit the manuscript really soon. And I promised people that I would send them, uh, whoever pre-ordered, I would send them the the book early, but I'm having a hard time getting it ready. Uh, So what happened to me on Saturday is my computer just took a dump, just quit. All right, no problem. I reset it, I tried to restart it, it didn't work, I'm like, alright, 
I checked what time the Mac Shack was open. It's this place that uh, authorized Mac worker place. Authorized Mac. You know, you know what I'm saying. They don't open until 10, so I had to hang out, drink coffee, and start on my phone. Get actually get actually get a pen and paper out and 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 annotate some things and I go to the Mac Shack <clears throat> when they open and I say, Hey, uh this is broken. I'm like, Oh, let's take a look, the plug in, diagnosis. I'm like, Oh, it's your your card. Um logic board. I don't know. I'm not gonna go through this whole thing, but I ended up Instead of spending 650 bucks, I spent 750 and bought a bought a, a refurbished MacBook Pro. Uh, I take that MacBook Pro, and at first they tell me they're gonna put it in my hard drive. Well, they they did. They put my hard drive in, but it didn't work. So something went wrong with the hard drive. I don't know. Whatever the fuck a partition is. So they're like, well, we can take a look at this hard drive and let, let you know what happens. You know, I okay, well, put my other hard drive in, <clears throat> the one that came with the laptop, and let me get the fuck out of here. I got shit to do. I'm like, okay, so they put the other hard drive in. I've they fired up, it's working. I'm like, okay, I gotta get to Colorado Springs because we're. I just came down here to hang out. We didn't plan. We didn't even go fishing. Like, I'm going to Colorado Springs, man. So I'm just gonna take this with me. I'll get down there. I'll have good internet. It's funny how much I, I use my buddy's house for internet, knowing that I'll have a stable place to have internet for several hours and I won't have to leave. <clears throat> but I come down here to get the, uh, I come down here and hang out, crack open a beer, start making dinner, plug in my uh, external hard drive, back all my stuff up, and the computer is, is so slow that it does not work, right? It's just, the computer is so slow that it might as well not even be on. Like I can move the cursor over and you can see it dragging slowly and then I click on an icon or a button and nothing happens for 20 to 30 seconds. It was just, and I realized. Well, I didn't realize, I was like, man, I put all this stuff on my, this is not a solid state drive. I had a solid state drive. This computer, this 13 inch MacBook Pro is acting just like my 15 inch MacBook Pro when I updated the operating system. It took so much space, it just slowed the thing down and that's why I moved to a solid state. I didn't want to have to explain all this. It's kind of silly, kind of boring, right? So I'm like, I need a solid state drive. I need a new computer. This is bullshit. So I'm just like, this is not going to work. I'm going to have to return this. Well, that's in Boulder. I'm in Colorado Springs. Me and my buddy go to the BX, and I buy a MacBook Air. And I buy a MacBook Air, and I bring it back to my buddy's house, and I upload it. Man, it's too small. I have too much data, and I cannot uh, migrate all my old stuff onto this MacBook Pro. A MacBook Air. I return a MacBook Air. Go straight back. Return it. Long story short, Monday I drive all the way back up to Boulder. I say this shit ain't working. They're like, we could put your old hard drive in if you give us twenty minutes. 
the old hard drive is not bad. Like they didn't know it was the partition, or but they looked at my old hard drive, they put it back in, and I migrated all my stuff over, and I am up and running. Now, two things. One thing is going three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, going three days without a computer when you're an author is not cool, not fun, and it fucks shit up. Like deadlines, I gave myself a deadline. I have to upload uh, the final manuscript by June 6th. Not only that, I have to get it ready to print so that I can get the paperback version ready if I want to have it released on the same day. It's a mess. So going three days without a computer sucked. The other thing is the point that I, I, I'm trying to make is having the money to buy a computer and not work and then go buy another one and then not work. I, at, at one point, I bought two computers, uh, neither of which worked. I did return one, and I did intend on returning one, and then it, I was going to send the other one back. When I went back to the Mac Shack, they're like, I'm like, this thing ain't working, man. It's slow. I can't do it. He goes, what do you want? You want to return it? I go, I'll return it, or I will, un unless you can make it work. I'm like, hold on. And that's when I put the, my, my old hard drive in. Or else I would have to return that and go spend, get this, $1,600 on a MacBook that had a 500 gig hard drive in it. And so I'm telling you all, this is like, this is where the emergency fund comes into play, right? I have the money for emergencies, emergencies. And the reason I'm able to do that, the reason I'm able to have an emergency fund is because I, I am, I save money. I'm debt free. I'm essentially debt-free. Now, I have three mortgages on three rental properties. But as far as a car payment, as far as a credit card bill, as far as a student loan, as far as anything, anything anything that people assume, that think about and assume is normal, I don't have. So a few months ago when I was working, I socked away practically half of every paycheck. <clears throat> There's one pay period where there's one month where I had three pay periods, and I went ahead and tr spent all of that one extra paycheck that month. Usually there's two pay periods. So the third pay period, I went and bought myself some stuff. I don't know what I bought, but I bought some stuff. But in 2014, I followed Dave Ramsey's plan. Now, Dave Ramsey and I don't get along now. Um, we used to be Twitter friends, but I wrote an article, and that article I wrote was uh, three things Dave Ramsey and I disagree on, and let me see, what were those three things? One of them was, Dave Ramsey says that we are, what was that term he uses? We, I forget the term. Anyways, he's saying money, we are, we are in charge. Like, we are in charge or we are responsible for God's money. God's money. 
I disagree with that. Not because I don't believe in God, but because I believe that if God created the heavens and the earth, everything we see here, the universe, if this is true, why the fuck does he need money? Why does he need money? She? I'm not trying to be gender uh, specific here. Why does God need money? This is not God's money, fool. That's that's some bullshit. It doesn't make sense. That's the one thing I disagree with. I don't think it's God. I don't think God needs money. This money is man-made. Um, man, man puts value. Not only man. Only humans put value in money. You don't see no dogs, bears, or cats, or anything like that talking about money, trying to make money. Oh, the other thing I don't agree with is that tithing to the church. The uh, and I'm not. These are not. These are. I'm not just pulling things out of my ass, right? I don't agree with. I. I. What I don't agree with is that he says tithing is in the Bible. I looked. It's not in the Bible. Um, tithing was a tax on Jews in the Old Testament. Right, I don't. There is no account of Christians giving ten percent of their income to the church. I think that was adapted. The church adapted that, so it, it kind of well, would make the money. And what was the third? What was the third thing? I think they all had to do with. I don't know. There was three things. Anyways, so regardless of all this, how I feel that, I, I, how I disagree with Dave Ramsey, these three things I disagree, I still looked up to him. I still saw him as a, a, a leader, as a mentor from afar. Uh, I still followed his program, and he got me out of debt. I mean, he didn't get me out of debt, but his program... Um, by me following his program, I, I I got out of debt, and there's no tricks. It's hard work. It's essentially hard work, but it's a program of hard work that will get you to where you want to go. Now, I kind of the past couple of years, I've kind of not been on his program because. I haven't really been making a lot of money. I made a lot of money to get out of debt. I hustled and I made a bunch of money and it was kind of not fun. Uh, but once I got my last payment made, my income has been going down ever since. Uh, building the emergency fund was very, very hard to do. Uh, it took a couple years for me to get there. It took a couple years for me to get a large emergency fund. and um, But I kind of don't have to worry about things. Now, I've said before that money is, money is bothered. Not having an income bothers me. Not having an income bothers me because I've never not had an income. There's been a couple times in my life, like, there was a time in my life after I got, 
I mean, I've always had like rental properties or I don't, I don't know. There are times I have not had an income. There are times where I've made a bunch of money and like took what Tim Ferriss calls a mini retirement. Oh man, I'm just working things out folks. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So here's what what happened, or here's what's happening. Uh, I'm running out of my emergency fund. My emergency fund is dwindling fast because shit like this happens. I I told myself, man, I I could live a year, maybe even two years, off my emergency fund. I don't know if that's true anymore, because shit breaks and costs money. <laughs> Computers break, they cost money. Vans break, they cost money. In fact, the van is going to the shop today. I I think I need new shocks. I hope that doesn't cost too much. Uh, I do not put shocks. I do not deal with. I do a lot of things myself, but when it comes down to having to comp- compress, I don't know. I don't, I don't have tools. I don't have a shop set up. I don't think replacing shocks are that easy of a task. But anyways, so I am in. Uh, I I got. A, I guess I got a job offer. It's not full time work, uh, but it may lead to to multiple jobs. And um, it's time to, because I, I can't let my emergency fund dwindle down to nothing. I have to, I have to get an income. I have to make some money here and there. Like if I made eight hundred bucks and then spent eight hundred bucks on computer, it'd be a wash. I'd be okay. Instead, I'm spending eight hundred bucks and not having anything come in. So I've said before that I'm kind of stressing out about money, um, but it's just I'm not used to not having anything coming in. I have plenty. I have plenty to last me uh, a while, especially if I tighten my belt. I mean, you see this awesome this hat I bought? I didn't, I shouldn't have bought this hat. For somebody who doesn't have a job, I shouldn't be buying new hats. But it's dope, right? It's dope. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on a podcast. I forgot I'm recording a video and a podcast. Uh, it's an all-black flex-fit hat with a subdued black Colorado flag on it. I like it. I like it. Um, so, the importance of emergency fund is that you don't have to worry when times get tough, when you lose your job or when the computer breaks or when your car breaks down or when, uh, you know, somebody gets put in a hospital or there's a baby on the way. If you have an emergency fund, you do not have to worry about this stuff. And I, again, I've said that I stress over, I don't stress about money as much as I stress about not having an income. It's just something I'm not used to doing, even if it was a little bit, um, it's stressful. It's stressful to not have income. I don't know why. But with an emergency fund, it's just something you don't have to worry about. And, and you, it takes a while to get that six months to a year's worth of, of, of cost of living. 
saved up. And you really can't do it until you're debt free. And it's not an easy process. It's not a quick process. If you have, you know, $50,000 in student loans and then 20 credit cards and cars and stuff like that, it's going to take you a while. I'll tell you what, it's really, really nice. It's really, really nice to have finally have an emergency fund. And, I mean, I've been, I, I lost my job in December. That's almost six months. Damn. It's almost six months. I've been living comfortably, and it's all because of the emergency fund. So, anyways, folks, I got to get in this coffee shop. I got a book to publish. Folks, I got a book to publish. And I kind of wish I talked about the book. <laughs> but uh, Moncada is coming. Like, you can pre-order it now. If you pre-order it, I can't promise. Like, I, borrowed, I, I promised people I would send them the book. With any luck, it'll be done today. So maybe I, I can fulfill that promise. But Moncada is about my character Pierre it's the next chapter or the next part of the story of his life and he finds himself in Cuba and gets involved in a July 23rd 1953 attack of the Moncada barracks in Santiago de Cuba pro pro oriente pro I say province in Spanish pro oriente province I don't know Santiago de Cuba. Uh, it's a super cool story that I really enjoyed writing. I enjoyed researching. It is so much. It is so historical, right? It is mainly me using historical facts. I throw my character in there. I throw his love interest in there. I tell a pretty good story. I intertwine it pretty good. But a lot of it is history it's a pretty cool story of how that thing actually happened and how it went down the people the characters they're real the only people i made up is my character essentially him oh my character and the love interest and her family was made up all the rest of the characters, all the rest of the people that I mentioned are historical figures, and I have not deviated a lot. I basically just retold their story. Um, the book is a little different than before because it's historical fiction. It's not going to be as, as uh, I don't know, as beautiful, right? Los Chocolates is beautiful. I really think um, that I did a good job on that book, despite what I recently thought. No, I think I did it better. I, I, did, I did good. Uh, reading Los Chocolates, I can say, like, oh, that's great. I love that. That's great. I love this author's choice of words. The author's me. Moncada, it's more of, like, straight here. You know, people, people say show, don't tell. I don't know how good advice that is but i fucking tell a lot this is a lot of telling straight facts get to the story get to the point and i don't know if i could have improved on that because it's historical fiction because it's really is majority of it is history is history so moncala is coming i gotta get in this bookshop i gotta write my forward i wrote my afterward already some people call it postscript is it afterward or is it postscript 
I don't know. I got that on there. I'm, I got to write my forward. And then I, I'm not proofreading my forward. I'm not sending in my proof, my forward uh, to or my afterward to my proofreader. If there's errors in it, fuck it. I'm tired of <laughs> everything. Every, everything I send him, I got to pay a, a per word. And he's a busy guy. So he doesn't necessarily have time to, he, his turnaround isn't necessarily that quick. So I'm going to write the forward and I'm going to, the afterward is, I did yesterday. I'll write the forward now. I'll get it, hopefully get it uploaded and we will be on our way. Uh, David Soto writes is my website. You can go check it out. Uh, where I talk about Los Chocolates de Esperanza Diamante. You can go there and read it for free. I mean, it is an entire book. It's posted up there one chapter at a time. Uh, but really would help me out if you go buy it because it's two ninety nine. It's three dollars. And then the point of buying it is so that when you leave a review it's a verified review. Reviews help people. I'm an author, I'm a struggling author. I need fifty reviews before I can do any kind of promotion on uh on it's called BookBub or before Amazon takes my book seriously. I have nine. I, I'm I feel lucky to have nine actually. But I need 50. I need a lot more than that. So if you uh, go to, if you go, happen to go to Amazon and purchase it, 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 especially if you purchase one book and purchase the other, that really helps linking the books together and shows also and also bots. That would be uh, helpful. But so Moncada, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at David E Soto Jr. Jr. for Jr. at David E Soto Jr. Um, I'm on Instagram stories a lot more. I don't post, I haven't been posting a lot of things. Uh, I just, I just been working a lot and kind of run out. Of, can't take the same picture of my book and a cup of coffee. You know, I need to, I need some more things to take pictures of, but I'm on Twitter all the time. I like to interact with people and I'm definitely on Instagram a lot, Instagram stories and, uh, my website I don't know. Go check it out. Moncada's on pre-order. Go pre-order it. It's $2.99. Help a brother out. All right. Folks, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you very much.